Well, fucking great. Now my child's going to know about Slender Man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's cool. It's funny. I was actually researching him. Anyway. Ooh, she's a devil. <laughs> for, for those of you who are not watching and listening, Amy is wearing a very, very. Um, it looks raccoon. like Alice in my makeup. Yes. E- yeah, it does. Amy. Uh, Amy looks like a raccoon. Her eyes are very black all around. And what are those? You got some stars going on there. I got some stars. Some stars. She's got the very, very smoke. This is not. That ain't no smoky eye look. That this is, is just like black. Pitch black eye look. Yeah. And then she looks like she has her eyeballs, like her eye, her skin and her bones have been carved. She looks like a skeleton when you open your eyes like that. <gasps> That's so creepy. <gasps> oh, gosh, I hate it. Thank I love you. it. <laughs> and she's got some um, bright red um, lipstick Lipstick. on. And what color stars. red is it? What's it called? Oh, I don't do know. know. I like the uh, names. Yeah, it's called Pink to Town Red. Is like it really? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very ironic. <laughs> that would have been Perfect. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, this is episode 99. 99. I got 99. 99 episodes in What's What Neighbors is One. <laughs> what's with the neighbors so is one. I got 99 problems and what's with the neighbors ain't one. Yeah. 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 Um so next week <laughs> is our 100th episode and we have something special planned for you. We do. We have something planned something's We have something special planned for you. You, the I'm listeners. only halfway joking. <laughs> I'm excited. What's wrong? I don't get what you're saying. I I I I I'm only. I what did I say? I'm only half joking. <laughs> oh yeah, that that I was pretending like I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, this is oh, awkward. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so foggy headed lately all the time so like yeah. I don't know half the things that I say and I don't remember half the things that I say so yeah you know um, that makes sense <laughs> I tried to feed the dogs again the other day <laughs> I guess the second time and Charlotte yelled at me oh, gosh, mom you Bree. already fed the dogs and I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> the dogs What's are like super happy me? they're like yes <laughs> second meal <laughs> mom's a ding bat today <laughs> Okay, so I you're gonna you're gonna go first, right? Yes, please. Okay, but I have a question, and we already talked about this, but which kind of works out because next week you'll need to go first, I think. Yes, depending on what we do. So yeah, yeah okay. That's anyway, perfect. um, but we already talked about this on the phone, but I want I'm gonna ask you again because you really wanted to think about it. And I really want our our listeners, our neighbors, to engage if they yeah, want to. Yeah, this is a really great question. Well, we're gonna we should also post this 
Yes. Monday, yeah, yeah, tomorrow, yeah. when this is out already. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for one... Oh, sorry. So you're in an arena with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, three brown bears, 15 wolves, one hunter with a rifle, and we're going to assume that he has unlimited ammo. Seven buffalo, 10,000 rats, five gorillas, four lions, and the goal is to survive. You get to pick two categories, two different categories, and they are fighting for you and with you. The rest that you don't pick are there to kill you. What two categories are you going to pick? And I will just tell you, Brie, I went down a deep dive on Reddit for this last night or yeah, last night when I was typing up my story. And surprisingly, a lot of people agree with what I pick. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. So I, my original answer was rats and wolves. And I'll tell you why the rats, because I feel like you have all these rats just nonstop moving. And like, that's too many to keep track of. Plus they chew through things. Yes. They chew through things. They have incredibly strong teeth that never stop growing and like they're going to be going underneath animals so like that was my thought with the hawk thing because you were saying the hawks could take them out but like they're going to be like hiding and like being underneath all these other animals Um, that's true and there's so many to have to take out plus all the animals are going to be like and all the things are going to be like freaking out like oh my god there's stuff at my feet so it's like it's like also a distraction And then I said wolves because I feel like wolves are really, I mean, all these animals are really smart, but I feel like wolves have a really good, like, natural instinct for, like, I don't know, hunting. But also, I don't know. Now that I think about it, like, (sighs) and also wolves can, like, leap, but, like, so can, like, lions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because, like, gorillas, too. Definitely the rats. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with my answer, the wolves and the rats. Okay. Um, my, I asked, I think I told you this. I asked my dad and he said the buffalo, the seven buffalo. And I think he said the three brown bears. Okay. Um, if it, this was like, th- there was like a moat or like this was like happening in water and kind of on land, I would pick the 10 crocodiles and the 10,000 rats, but we're in an arena. So I'm going to assume we don't have water. So I'm not going to pick the crocodiles. Right. Um, I'm going to stick with my original, which was the 10,000 rats and the 50 hawks. Because the, how are you like they're just like you got flying. eyes above and eyes below yeah and if you have like like ev- who's who's gonna attack the 50 hawks as they're like swooping in to get you true true but how much damage could they actually do and how much damage could they rats have actually huge talons. do yeah but like to a bear 
or a buffalo. I don't know. That's true. I don't know. Like but if this, it were smaller animals. I also think the gorillas would be a good one because like they're very yeah. like agile and they can like swing in. They're stupid strong and like. Yeah. I don't I know. I definitely wouldn't pick the wolves. And this is only because n- nothing wrong with your choice because there's no wrong choices yeah. and no right yeah. choice. But um, from this podcast that I've been listening to, wolves are actually – they. They're they're really good hunters, but only when it comes to food. And like this is like a defense what they want. mechanism. Yeah. And then I wouldn't I would not, not territorial. Get, well, they are, but only if they have like cubs. Okay. So but I would not pick the lions at all. Yeah, um, no, I wouldn't the, either. No. Or the hunter with the rifle because mm-hmm dude's gonna die right away yeah so wouldn't pick the crocodiles maybe the brown bears if it was more of like a a polar bear i would pick more of a polar bear because they're super strong um but you only get three of them yeah anyways so think about it you guys and let us know what you would pick i've just been having fun asking people i know (laughs) this question (laughs) write it all down again we'll try to post it on facebook Okay. You'll yeah. have to write that down it for on me in text or, or you can post it on Monday if you want or whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, okay. Yeah. That's a very like thought, a thought out question. Like you really have to think about your answer. But like, again, like you said, there's no wrong answer. There's no right there's answer. There's no wrong answer. Um, I think the ga- the crocodiles are not a good choice. No, but Only if because, they were in like, water, they would be. I've been learning a lot about crocodiles and gators a lot lately because this guy That's I've been weird. following on TikTok. He's oh. <laughs> so freaking cool. He, I didn't know so much about them. I, although, okay, so he does gators, but I assume gators and crocodiles are fairly similar. They're not super fast unless they're like in water. I bet we follow the same guy. Okay, so do you want to hear my neighborhood story? Yes. Um, I got this. Oh, I don't even remember where I got this, but it says a friend of mine has a neighbor who sometimes walks around in a gas mask. No one can confirm who he is. Okay. So, um, don't like that. Don't like that at all. I don't No, Not at all. Not one bit. He's probably it, just um, smoking weed in it. <laughs> Honestly, like lighten up like hot box in a mask. <laughs> Gas, gas masking himself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Oh, do we have any announcements? Just that our 100 episode is next week. Okay, sorry. Oh yeah. Um. Okay, I'll talk to you about it later. It's okay. after podcast stuff. Okay. Okay. That's another podcast. Podcast after dark. Oh, did you want to? Did you want to mention your one podcast? not yet okay okay so i am nervous about today's episode i'm gonna no (laughs) we're already having problems and i am already gonna apologize um because oh my gosh i think i know what it is do you want to guess is it the girl doll no it's not a girl doll it's the boy girl doll yeah 
So is um, it who he shall not be named? Um, yeah, I guess I've learned a, quite a bit more about him. Okay, so first off, so I'm going to okay. be telling you guys a doll story today. Uh, this is a 40 inch doll, like the size of a child. It is stuffed My with heart wood is wool. pounding. It has beady black eyes and a sweet smile. And it's wearing a sailor suit. And it has like a little puppy dog stuffed animal of its own. And his name is Robert. I'm getting a headache. <laughs> I've had a headache for two weeks. So I can't blame the, it on my head. I can't blame my headache on it. So <laughs> um, I think I'm just getting a headache because I'm stressed <laughs> out. <laughs> so let me say, okay, let me just tell you the story first and I'll get in more into stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. So finally going to bring in, bring up Robert because I know you've been asking for me to do this one. This is also one have that's I, on the have map. I, have as I well. been saying, hey, you know what, Brie? You should really do this story because I love hearing it. <laughs> have I? Is, has, <laughs> have those words ever come out of my mouth? No, they have not. Have I ever said, hey, you know what? You haven't done a doll story in a long time. I love doll stories. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I haven't done a doll story in forever other than like my occasional like eBay segment. So I'm yeah. sorry for just <laughs> ragging on you. It's fine. I'm it's so fine. I, I deserve right it. Now. I deserve it. <laughs> it's so fair. mad. <laughs> so, um, First off, before we get into this one, I want to make sure everyone listening does not make fun. We are completely respectful. We are serious. And um, I'll tell you why later. But just trust me that don't don't be dumb. And also don't research him until I warn you later about it, too. So, um, okay. The story begins with a young boy named Robert Eugene Otto in Key West, Florida, in the turn of the 20th century. Robert wow. was the son of a prominent family in the Key West, so they were pretty well off. Um, mm -hmm. Robert came into own or Robert came into ownership of Robert, according to the most likely story, um, where Robert the doll was manufactured by Steve Company in Germany, which is okay. the same inventors of the teddy bear. Um, Interesting. And the doll was purchased by Robert's grandfather and given to him for his fifth birthday in 1905. Okay. And through further digging, it's thought that the doll was never intended to be a doll. It was intended to be like a display and it was supposed to be like a clown or jester display. So the sailor outfit was actually Robert's own outfit that he put on him. Because oh, the doll is 40 inches that. tall. So I didn't either. Yeah. But like I, I guess like they had done some further. The museum had done like further digging or something. Right. Um, so regardless, Robert became very close to the doll. So close that he gave the doll his own name and his own clothes. Um, now he would go by the name Eugene or just Gene. Um, okay. So the boy Robert is going by Gene. Or Eugene? Yes, yes, because Robert, Robert's full name is Robert Eugene Otto, and so he ends up okay. going by Eugene or Gene and giving Robert the doll, Robert, his name. And then and his clothes. He, so he gave the doll Eugene's clothes? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes, Robert and Eugene are the same person. 
Well, but, and the doll is a separate entity. So yeah, yeah. But I was okay. just I was trying to clarify yeah. for my brain. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, so Gene would take the doll everywhere he would go, um, and would refer to Robert to others as like he was like a living a living thing or like a friend. Um, uh-huh. He would tell him secrets, you know, pretty normal little kids like to have their dolls and imaginary friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it was like Eugene a friend was, for him. He was very obsessed with Robert though. Um, and no other toys. He wanted nothing to do with any other toys. In the minute he got Robert and the family began to hear conversations between him at nighttime, he would just be in his room and talking to no one. And then eventually they started hearing a deep voice answer back to Eugene. As Eugene oh. grew older, he would often blame Robert for random mishaps and occurrences. On a nightly base on an almost nightly basis, the family could hear loud commotions coming from Eugene's bedroom. And when they'd find him, all of his furniture would be overturned and some toys would be torn torn apart and Eugene would be found would be found hidden, scared. And sometimes they'd see like objects flying across the room, and Eugene's only answer would be Robert did it. So when you say uh mishaps and, and whatnot, so like if like just a random thing like uh if a cup had spilled over with yes. water he would say robert did this yeah gotcha okay in the documentary thing that i watched it was like they did like a reenactment and they kind of showed an example and the mother found a broken vase and she's like who broke this vase and he's like robert did it gotcha okay um, they soon began to notice um, facial expression, the facial expression on Robert, the doll's face changing as if he mm-hmm. was listening to a conversation going on in the room. On one occasion, a servant who was working for the family had seen Robert, Robert walking around the home. That's not cool. <laughs> they that's, didn't go they lot. didn't go too much into that on the documentary that I watched but like they did the reenactment and you see like this doll poke out from the side of the wall and like walk away and then the servant sees him and it's like nope I'm done no I'm, 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 I'm good <laughs> packing my bags uh when also Eugene if was- I don't re- sorry if I don't react a whole lot it's because I'm scared you're good and you're trying to be okay. respectful so you're good yeah Uh, when Eugene was an adult, he was an artist. He got married to his wife, Anne. I guess, I guess like he went away to Paris for a while and became an artist and he met this woman, got married to her. Her name is Anne. Um, they came back and she was not a fan of the doll and he's, he's an adult now. So, but like he still has the doll. And so um, he brought it to Paris with him? No, no. I think he, he left him for a few years, like in his childhood home. And then he came back to his childhood home and, like, got his old toys and, like, dug out Robert. Yeah. Uh, Originally, Eugene had Robert propped up. And I'm not sure exactly how this goes. That everything could be, like, because they they didn't know for sure the answer. So, like, if something's different in a story that you heard, guys, like, there's, like, 20 different versions out there. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, so originally Eugene had Robert propped up in the upstairs window of the home and passerbys would report noticing the doll moving from one side of the window to the other and even disappearing from the window and reappearing before their eyes. Wow. 
Eventually, Anne, who was super not okay with the doll, had Eugene move him into the attic um, with his own child size. He and Robert even had like his own child size furniture. And wow. she, the wife, wanted him to like lock the attic when when they left him, just to make sure. A double but security. Robert. But Robert would still appear around the home, even with the attic door locked. And he would occasionally be found in the upstairs window again. So clearly he liked a room with the he view. He liked, yeah. He yeah. liked looking he, outside. He liked, he liked the people watch. Yeah. Which I get, Me I get. Uh, eventually, Eugene placed him in the turret room where he spent most of his time in this room painting and talking to Robert until he died. Wow. I even talked to him as an adult. Yeah. Uh, once Eugene passed, Anne put Robert in a trunk. After she passed, the home was purchased by a Myrtle Rooter who became the caretaker of the doll. I guess she had him for like 20 years. Wow. Um, visitors of the home would report footsteps, things moving around upstairs and children laughing when the doll was in and when the doll, when the doll was in the home and mm-hmm. it wasn't uncommon to find Robert in a new room or on his own, like on his own or in someone else's bed. Yeah. Um, people would also know your face. <laughs> I'm seriously so me the past so couple days. I've not been wanting to like do this. <laughs> I don't this one makes me really uneasy. I know mine too. I did, me too. But like the first time I've ever heard this story, it didn't make me uneasy. But like researching it and like looking heavily into yeah. it, I Mm. So yeah. uh people would also notice Robert's change in expression, especially when negative things were said about Eugene. Uh-huh. He did not like people talking trash about why are people even Eugene. talking about Eugene? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, she eventually couldn't stand to have him in her home. In 1994, Robert was then donated 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 to the Four East um, Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, where he is on display. Um, He's still there. Yes. So originally he, whenever he got to the museum, I'm just going to tell you from what, from memory, because I, for some reason didn't put this in here. So -hmm. when he first got to the museum, they originally had him like back in storage and none of the staff wanted to like go back there and like oh. see him. And in order for guests and visitors to see him, they had to like uh, request it. Yeah. And they had to like schedule a time oh, and wow. staff wouldn't like certain staff would like not want to come into work that day because they didn't want to be the ones to have to show people. But like I he would move them. around yeah. and like do his normal things in the museum. Yeah. If you're not used to it, that's really, that can be terrifying. Yeah. For somebody. Eventually, eventually they did put him in a locked case though. So, uh, but even being in the museum, he is still Robert the doll. He is still mischievous and himself. Um, the staff has claimed that Robert has been found in different positions within his case. Footsteps have been heard around the museum at night. And of course, Robert's expression has been known to change in a matter of seconds. If you are planning to visit the museum and see Robert, there are four simple rules that you have to follow and Mm -hmm. they have them. They let you know them there too. Number one, introduce yourself. Uh, Number two, be kind. We didn't introduce ourselves at the beginning of the podcast. (laughs) 
It'll that is okay. very. I've already. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Amy. <laughs> this is what's with the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today we we're talking about we Robert the doll. Okay. So <laughs> also be kind, courteous, respectful. Um, don't be making fun of them. Don't touch the glass. Do not touch the glass. Uh-huh. And when you leave, make sure you say goodbye. And number four, um, ask, and say number three, number four, ask permission to take his picture. Absolutely ask permission to take his picture. Right. Um, not following these rules can lead to many bad omens or bad luck. Um, those who have disrespected Robert have come across terrible misfortunes, gotten into accidents, experienced death, loss, disease, um, lost random things, gotten flat tires. I can't even tell you the hole that I went down. I'll tell you. Okay, so after people like do something wrong, they... Yeah tend to send letters to Robert to the museum for apologizing for their behavior while visiting. And the letters aren't on display there. Like thousands of letters. He gets about two to three a day. And that's not including emails and social media and messages. In fact, I even had to write in Robert's reviews on Facebook saying, I... I said, hello, Robert. I am Brianna in North Pole, Alaska. I sincerely apologize for researching you without your permission. You are fascinating. Thank you and goodbye. Because, like, as I'm, like, researching him, even on their Facebook, there's, like, hundreds of people just apologizing for even researching him. So that's why I was starting to get on edge. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm, 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 I need to finish this up like right now. (laughs) So I, so I get permission to talk about him. I mean, I, I apologized for it. No, I did not. So I apologized for it. So that's why I I apologize. Okay. Um, Some visitors will even leave him sweets and money. Uh, some have claimed they have come home with a very dark energy after visiting Robert and not following mm-hmm. the rules. Oh, from so, not following the rules. Okay. Yeah. So some theories, well, not even that, even following the rules. Um, so the Otto family employed two servants from the West Indies, William and Emmeline Abbott. The Abbots were married mm-hmm. and worked for the family for a long time, starting with Eugene's grandfather. Uh, the Abbots were even buried on the family plot. So they were like a part of the family. Emmeline Abbott Abbott gave birth to two children in in 1900 and 1910. Um, There's no paper evidence, but according to some documents, there is speculation that Emmeline Abbott had an affair with Eugene's father. Oh. Again, this is a theory that some, that I found online, and I don't know if it's true. So... Um, evidently one of her children didn't make it. I'm not sure how old they were, but it sounds like they were older. And there is a theory that Emmeline used magic to trap her child's spirit into the doll. Oh, oh. (laughs) excuse me. Um, visitors and staff have reported seeing an apparition of a female mixed race, five-year-old little girl with curly brown hair run around Robert the doll wearing an old fashioned nightgown. This spirit has also been reported seen at the old home sitting on the staircase. The other theory is that the doll was one of a kind handmade doll by Emmeline. And according to the story, the family didn't treat the servants very well. And in one instance, 
Emmeline was apparently caught using voodoo or dark magic. And so she was fired uh-huh. for it. But before she left, she gave Robert, um, the son, Eugene, um, mm-hmm. the doll. And it she had cursed the doll. So and it, 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 there's other things saying that it actually has Robert's actual hair in him. So, oh, yeah. Um, but like I said before, the other more logical thing was that Robert was made in Germany and was purchased by his grandfather. So, right. Um, there's just lots of little things out there about it. Um, so let's get on to some, yep, I'm scared reviews because there's a shit ton on Robert. <laughs> there's a lot. Like, I usually have to dig for these, but let me tell you, Amy, this is the first time I've never had to dig on scary reviews. All right. I can so, imagine. A Mark C with five stars. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> just in August of 2023, said it was well worth going to the fort. I have heard stories of Robert before. In 1987, I took a picture of him. When I returned home, my camera did not have film in it, yet my father swore he put film into it. I must note, I did not ask Robert that I could uh, that I could take a picture. So, he probably destroyed, uh, Robert missing. probably destroyed it. Yeah, he's like, mm-mm. Uh, I have a question. Yep. I don't know if you know the answer or if you're going to cover it later, but how do you know if he approves of you taking a picture of him? You don't. You just, you just say it. You just tell them, tell them, Hey, can I take a picture of you? And then you assume the answer is yes, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I guess, I I guess you assume the answer is yes. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> I would yeah. if I got permission. Okay, yeah, so a yes, a <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> a Robert on Facebook said, "Such an amazing museum! I came for Robert the doll, but found so many more cool things. I don't know, especially the history of Key West, the art gallery, and the spiritual." St- Spiral staircase to the roof were so cool to see. Sad it was weird to ask permission and then stub my toe. So I suppose I should apologize for being inconsiderate. At any rate, this museum is an absolutely fantastic place, and I'm glad I was able to visit. Well worth the trip. Robert from Washington. P.S. Sorry, I was weird to it was sorry I said it was weird to ask permission. Robert, hail yourself. Oh, <laughs> you're so <laughs> you're like working so hard to be so serious. Okay, a I'm Cindy, sorry. I'm not not in like uh, I'm I know not you're doing it like I know you're being cautious. I'm being so nervous, <laughs> you're taking it with the, with a grain of salt. Okay, so um, a Cindy on Facebook said, Robert is very awesome, but beware. We had a flat tire three hours after we visited him. Oh, jeez. Other visitors have said at the museum, or they told a story of when they spent their honeymoon in Florida. After visiting Robert, they lost all their vacation photos as well as their wedding pictures for the first anniversary they returned to see robert and brought him some peppermint candy when they showed robert the lights in the 
Robert's room went out for a minute and the couple uh-huh. felt that it was him showing his gratitude. Oh, yeah. Candy. Uh, yeah, a David you. Sloan, who was writing a book on Robert, said he'd lost four hard drives and the computer techs were able to retrieve everything except for the book's manuscript. Uh, backups of the manuscript even disappeared as well. More than one spirit medium also advised him to build a fireproof safe for his valuables while he worked on his book. Sloan was told that if Robert didn't approve of the book, he would give him cancer. He also said he was pulled from his bed, held suspended in midair, and had been levitated. Sloan founded oh, this and I'm, I'm guessing he approved. So he, well, he, sh- I'm, I hope he approved cause he got, he's the one who got Robert out of the storage. Um, so he ended oh. up finding, founding the ghost tour in the key West and influenced yeah. the museum to move Robert from storage into the, a more permanent display in the museum. So oh, I'm sure Robert really liked that. Really, yeah. He was really grateful for it. Maybe. Yeah. So there's more reviews. There's more stories, guys. I covered as much as I was honestly comfortable with. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I I didn't even finish the documentary because of all these. Like, every time I would go on YouTube, there would be people apologizing in the comments. So I had to apologize every single time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't need any bad luck right now. So yeah, I'm so sorry, Robert, first off. Thank you for for being Robert the doll. I don't know. Um, and I respect you and I think you're great. And I really would love to see you one day. Um, as of today, he is still on display at the Fort East, uh, Martello museum in Key West, Florida, where you can visit him yourself and go on a paranormal mm-hmm. tour. Even there have been many docu paranormal shows that have featured him and even a movie made about him called Robert. Um, just remember before you go visit him or researching, follow the rules, introduce yourself, be kind and respectful, say goodbye when you leave and ask for permission to take pictures or research. And that was Robert the doll episode. Not a nine. Thank you, Brie. I'm sorry. Thank you you again. Robert. You did a really good job at covering it. Thank you. Again, um, like I, I could have done more, but like I didn't want to because I was too scared to. Yeah, I, I'm scared too. Um, <laughs> You're like, thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, the first time I heard about him, I we were I was listening to, and that's why we drink, and I was vacuuming my bedroom while I was listening and I literally like had to stop the vacuum and like walk away. Cause I was so scared and I don't know if I actually finished the episode or not. I can't remember. See the other, the other doll that we did that you don't even say the name of that one freaks me out. Maybe it was that one. That one, you, that one used to freak me out even more, but this one after seeing everything, it freaks me out a lot as well. Yeah. I don't know. This is it, he's considered to be like the world's most haunted doll. So I can't remember. It was either him or the other one. I can't Annabelle remember. Annabelle didn't have anything on it. him. Anyways, thank Sorry. you for sharing and thank you, Robert, for um, allowing Bree to share this. And I'm sorry 
just sorry. Um, for everyone's gonna you. be like, this is such a quiet episode. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right, me... now that we've got him out of the way, we got him in at least the hundred episodes. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you a story that I can't stop thinking about. Um, your eyes are so blue right now. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. Um, so I, I did a lot of searching, um, not just last night, but when I wrote my story, but I've been like trying to find a story of like a murder or something like that. Something that's true crime that involves the number 99, because like how cool it would be to share that for our 99th episode. Right. And luckily, from my research, there is no one that has killed 99 people. Um, oh, thank God. That's so hard so, to find I these mean, days. That- <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I mean, th- so that was really nice. Um, I try to find, like, 99, like, someone that was sentenced to 99 years. You know, something any involving the number 99. I couldn't find anything really like if someone was sentenced to 99 years like the judge just like rounded it up to like a hundred yeah so um anyway so i unfortunately couldn't find anything and so then i kind of got uninspired to do a story and like i was just like in i was feeling blue and i was like this is lame like i'm not inspired to do anything now because i can't find anything and so you know i was like you know what i'm going to share this story that i literally can't think of stop thinking about like i think about it all the time okay and it i should say all the time within like this last week okay so um and i've listened to it multiple times because it's just so crazy and like i did research on it and it was so bananas to me so um you're gonna wonder like how does this involve true crime and i'll explain at the end if you don't catch on so oh and no i'll just share that at the end because i think i wrote that in there so um in the mid 60s in west covona california which is like a subsection of LA, St. James and Lodonna, Lodonna were engaged to be married after being high school sweethearts and years of pressure of getting married. He finally popped the question. They're engaged to be married. Um, St. James was a tall built guy and Lodonna was blonde, pretty, and a typical California girl. Uh, St. James was obsessed with cars like so obsessed that like he was worried that even getting married would like come between like the marriage would come between him and his cars oh my gosh yeah it's like get a life dude i'm down um their wedding day comes and he got cold feet and ended up never showing up to the wedding leaving her (sighs) at the altar his excuse was well i was working on a car and lost track of time (gasps) You jerk. I know. That is the worst excuse I ever. Know. Just tell me you don't want to marry me. I know. So uh, they are in a small community and word got out that he left her there. Um, so to escape the, the gossip, 
he um and of him leaving his high school sweetheart at the altar he decides to join a merchant merchant ship that sells the world as a deckhand so he like got on this merchant ship and that's a great way to, to escape you know yeah. gossip yeah and it's like free kind of yeah i mean it's a way to see the world yeah so um, a lot of people do that when they join the Navy and stuff like that. Yeah, I was about to say, it's essentially the military. Yeah. So he doesn't consult her about leaving or anything like that. He didn't even tell her. Um, he just leaves. The ship took some damage off of the coast of Africa. And so he was forced to get off the ship in Tanzania, which with the rest of the crew, because they the ship had to be repaired. Okay. Um, they were made he, there. He made some friends with some hunters, and one day they invited him into the bush, like the jungle. I'm guessing. Um, he witnessed a group of poachers slaughtering a female chimpanzee that had just given birth. Um, and so the next day he, I know it's so sad. Okay. The next day he returns the next um to where she was killed and retrieves the baby chimp that had been abandoned. Um, the ship was repaired, but instead St. James decides to stay in Tanzania over the following months. He does his best to forge for food for the baby chimp, fruits and vegetables and eggs, um, doing what he can to feed him and this baby chimp. You know what? He's like separated from cars and he just like found a new hobby. You were so right. Look at him grow. Look Good at job, St. James. Good job, St. James. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> He's such a <laughs> jerk for leaving her and not telling her, but like, also, like, you're growing yourself. He grew while he, <laughs> he, yes, I like that. That's a good way to spin it. Um, so over the course of the few months, he loses a buttload of, of weight. A local helps St. James get in touch with some German missionaries who help him get a flight home because he's like, I want to go home now. Um, he takes the chimp with him and he like literally just puts the chimp on his lap on the plane. Like what a time to be alive where you could just yeah, like right. bring a monkey on. Yeah. Take He's this wild animal He's on the a- plane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say I said monkey. He's not a monkey. He's considered an ape. Um, so uh, just puts this gorilla right on his lap. Um Oh, and he named, I think I forgot to mention this. He named the chimpanzee Mo. Oh, Mo. Mo. So (laughs) when he gets to the airport back in L.A., um, his mom and his ex-girlfriend or fiance, (laughs) whatever you want to call her, um, and her mother are there to greet him. And super awkward. Yeah, you're probably wondering, like, why is his, her mom there? Her mom and his mom are, like, best friends. So. Oh, that's even more awkward. No. Oh, man. It's like, oh, your son left my girl or left my daughter. Blah, 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 blah. I know. We were supposed Did to be family. <sighs> I know. Jeez. So, um. His mom, of course, was super happy to see him and know that he's doing well. LaDonna was, like, fuming. She was so mad. Um, uh, But LaDonna's mom went up and she was, like, hugging Mo and giving loves to Mo. Um, So that prompted LaDonna to, like, love on Mo also. 
And it didn't take long for her to fall back in love with St. James. And they end up getting married in 1970. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, he's like, I don't. Where did he get the name St. James? That's his name. That is a silly name. That is not a name. That's a saint. You're not a saint. He's not a saint. That's for sure. Like a lord. Like, like what? What are you, why are you named St. James? Is that his, like, is that his whole first name, St. James? That's his whole first name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant to address this earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt Saint, you. St. James Davis is his name. I don't know if he has a middle name or not, but. That is terrible. Anyway. I know. Okay. So uh, they end up getting married in 1970 and Mo is the best man at the wedding. He's like, he was like holding hands with a flower girl, like walking down the aisle. Um, At the reception, he was like running across all the tables and drinking people's champagne from their (laughs) champagne glasses. And he ended up getting really drunk and started hanging all over, all over LaDonna's friend. And he ended up peeing all over her. <laughs> Come on, um, guys! You gotta, you gotta be careful who you bring to the wedding. <laughs> Not letting so, him drink again. <laughs> a year later, Ladonna goes in for a routine OBGYN OBGYN visit and found out that she had to get a hysterectomy because she actually had ovarian cancer. Oh, okay. Um, this spiraled her into a deep depression because like their dream was to have children and have this big family. And, and she even told him, told St. James, like, you should divorce me so that you can go and have kids with someone else, which is so sad. Um, but St. James was like, uh, we already have a kid. He's hairy. He likes to pee on people, but he's ours. (laughs) So they really doubled down on treating him like a child rather than a pet. Uh, they were seen riding around often on a three-seater bicycle. They would eat meals together, like at a family table, dining table. They they took him everywhere that they went. Um, they would, you know, he they literally treated him like a child. Like he would had his own closet, his own room. He they changed him every day. He they put pajamas on him every day, like that sort of stuff. Um, and he loved watching an old cowboy show. So they would do that at night and they would fall asleep linking arms together oh my gosh (laughs) so in 1970 the city of west covona decided to charge the davises with harboring a wild dangerous animal and they end up going to court mo entered the courtroom in a checkered shirt and white pants he kissed the court court reporter and played with the bailiff's keys the press soaked this up and the public were like i know the public was like this is the cutest court proceeding ever and they were 100 percent behind the davises which the judge agreed and said mo was better behaved than most humans that they see go into that courtroom Oh, so uh, is there pictures Mo, of this? I don't know about the court proceeding, but I know that there is of uh, like other things. Yeah. Um. So Mo got to stay with the with Saint James and Ladonna. The next few years were blissful for the family. Everything was wonderful, but once he got to be about fifty pounds, they started to make him sleep in his own room, and were. 
but at late at night he would like find they would find him like crawling back into his their bed like oh like a toddler <laughs> yeah like a toddler um mo was like a typical kid he liked to play with blocks coloring a redactor set which i don't have no idea what that is um and watch tv he also was featured in a few movies and tv shows that became a little like he like became like a little local celebrity Oh, um, but also along with his dad, St. James was a NASCAR driver and a mechanic. So, um, he also was like a local celebrity. He built that muscle that he had lost overseas and became a super muscular guy. Oh, okay. Um, St. James did a ton of research on raising a chimpanzee. He learned that no matter how long you had a chimp, or, or how young they were when they became came into your care, um, they tend to become aggressive and difficult to manage. So as Mo got older, his moods and behavior became more complex, just like a teenager. He would throw tantrums, but thankfully St. James and LaDonna had taught him some basic sign language, like crossing his hands over his chest for a hug, motion his hands um, as if he's like go for a drive, like a steering wheel, um, the water sign for water and food for food. Um, in his teens and 20s, like, of his time like these he's literally like 20 years old yeah he was about four feet tall and weighed 130 pounds wow in 1998 when a welder was repairing mo's cage a piece of equipment shocked mo on accident spooked mo and caused which caused him to run out of the house police were called and they closed off the neighboring streets to catch him at the end of the night, Mo had dented a police car, injured a police officer, and had um, uh, injured a police officer's hand and scratched an animal control worker. A few years later, uh, a woman was visiting Mo. I don't know who this woman was, why she was re visiting him, if she was like maybe a reporter or something, but she was told she was told not to stick her fingers in his cage, but she did it anyways. And he bit the tip of her fingers off. Yeah. Finger you off. dodo bird. Duh. Um, the, <laughs> the Davises claimed that he thought it was a piece of red licorice because she had red nail polish and they would often give him red licorice as a treat. Um, but the city at this point had enough and they're like, he needs to be, he needs to go somewhere else. And so he was, they ordered for him to be taken away. Um, a bunch of cops swarmed the home and St. James comes out demanding a court order, a warrant saying you can't take him away. He, he had been, had to be physically detained and th they threw him on the lawn. Mo was shot with two darts to knock him out. And they dragged him out while St. James and LaDonna were like sobbing on the lawn. Because it's basically their kid. It's, yeah, they've had him for 20 years. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. So Mo was taken to a 160-acre wild refuge near L.A. Nine days later, the owner calls the Davises to let them know that Mo was refusing to eat and drink and was essentially dying. So they rest. 
I know. So they rushed to the refuge to find Mo covered in his own feces and didn't even have <gasps> enough energy to acknowledge that they were there. Oh um, and this was like he was in like a tiny, tiny enclosure. A vet oh. came out to take care of him and bring him back to a healthy condition. Um, the Davises launched a legal battle, battle to get Mo back with a uh, pro boner pro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) uh, such a uh, child. Uh, the what was I? The Davises launched a legal battle to get Mo back with a pro bono attorney, which she was a big shot attorney that had like represented high end people. Uh, but the battle ended up lasting a couple years. So during this time, the refuge made a larger enclosure for him. They brought in a TV, more toys and comforts from home for him. And when the Davises went to visit him, they were given strict instructions not to touch him. And Mo would sign that he would like want a hug and assign to like go for a drive as if he wanted to go home. Um, This is after almost 30 years of him being with them at this time. Like, it's so sad. In 2004, they were able to at least transfer him to an animal rescue haven ranch, which was had a much larger enclosure for him. And the Davises were actually allowed to visit him as much as they wanted. uh, uh, And, they were allowed to go into his enclosure with him. So they would see him often and bring him treats and presents. So it was a lot better than before, but it's not what they truly wished for. Um, There were seven different primates at this ranch, seven different um, chimpanzees. Uh, They, Though they were normally interact with each other, they had agreed that Mo would be separate for the first few years because it t- can take that long for a new primate to get acquainted with the others. So sometimes they don't always accept them. And so they agreed to keep him separate. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, this also is because you can't tr- treat, you can't teach an old chip yeah. new tricks. Um. <laughs> In March 3rd, 2005, St. James and LaDonna were heading to the ranch with a big sheet cake and some presents to celebrate Mo's 39th birthday. Oh, my gosh. As soon as Mo saw his parents, he was so excited. He was, like, shouting and jumping up and down and clapping. Um, St. James got into the cage, handed Mo the sheet, the cake, and he was... Mo like gobbled it up instantly. They gave St. James a big kiss. The family was like so happy to be together. Um, as LaDonna is like soaking in this moment. Um, so I'm actually not going to, re- I'm going to read exactly what was in this article. Um, because they, the way that they explained it was perfect. And I didn't want to derail from yeah. Any details. So um, as LaDonna was like soaking in this moment, uh, 
She sees a large form out of the corner of her eye about 40 feet away, and it was a young adult chimpanzee that somehow got out of his cage. Oh, God. Um, he, he was glaring at her. Within seconds, he started to charge at her. So St. James pushed LaDonna out of the way, but the chimp ended up knocking LaDonna back and shoving her into St. James. <gasps> she wrapped her arms around her husband's neck, but the chimp locked his jaws around her thumb and with a single jerk pulled off her thumb. St. James jaw, St. James jaws. Sorry. Um, the chimpanzee then locked his jaws around St. James' left hand, and with a single ferocious jerk of his neck, he tore St. James' left hand off. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, St. James threw his hysterical wife under the picnic table and pushed her further underneath as the chimp tried to pursue her, but Donna, LaDonna was screaming you know, commands like, no, stop, sit, um, and a desperate bit to stop him. Yeah. Um, the remaining cake uh, was on the table, still in its box, but the chimps didn't care. That's not what they wanted. Um, I just lost my track. Sorry. Um, instead, he went straight for St. James. As St. James confronted the chimp, the six foot two inch former running back turned to find the second find a second chimp also a male oh um this God. one much older and bigger bearing down on him as well with <gasps> both hands he pushed the bigger animal causing both chimps to pounce one of the animals grabbed him in a bear hug before chomping into the bone right above his right eye. Oh, it God. then stuck a finger in St. James' right eye, gouging it out. <gasps> the same animal clamped his teeth onto St. James' nose, biting it off oh, as the no. other. Yeah, biting Why it did off. That gross as me out. Because <laughs> it's awful. Um, as the other chimp chewed away at St. James' fingers. Ooh, in what the did same you say motion. Chew? Yeah. In the same motion, one of the chimps dug in his claws and ripped the skin right off of St. James' face, causing it to, like, flop over and cover <gasps> his left eye. What the Tem fudge? Temporarily blinding St. James. One of the primates sunk his teeth into St. James' skull. He then closed his jaws on St. James' mouth, ripping off his lips and most of his teeth. Holy crap. Do you need a minute? No. I'm not done. <laughs> so, St. James tried to put one of his hands down the animal's throat, but the chimp just kept chewing on his arm and hand um, and chewing on it and causing him so that he couldn't pull it out. St. James. The, where are the workers at? I have no idea. Um, this is like in a matter of seconds. Like this happened so yeah, fast. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Um, There's multiple of them. Yeah. So uh, St. James fell to the ground, no longer able to defend himself for at least five minutes. The mauling continued as he lay there helplessly. Oh, my God. One gosh. of the chimps gnawed on his buttocks and bit off his testicles. Oh. They ravaged his left 
foot, leaving it shredded. Blood poured from his body, and LaDonna was screaming. It looked as if they were eating him alive. Finally, LaDonna screamed for the owner's son-in-law, Mark Caruthers, to come running with a forty-five caliber revolver. After struggling to find a clean shot, he opened fired at the young primate, but the shot made no effect whatsoever. So he raced back to the house and a few dozen yards away to reload with a more powerful ammunition. When he returned, he uh, focused on the older male chimp. He kneeled down and shot him once in the head from close range. As the animal fell to the ground, the younger chimp, chimp actually began dragging St. James' mutilated body down a hill, leading away from Moe's cage. Dirt filled St. James' lungs, and he, um, and he sweeped, uh, and he seeped into his bloody, and seeped into his bloody openings. Oh For God. the brief, uh, briefest of moments, LaDonna looked towards Moe. He was sitting in the corner of his cage, and he was just frozen like in shock that this just happened to his parents he's like i don't um, have anything on these guys <laughs> like, i can't uh, do anything I, <laughs> I don't know um the lone chimp uh chimp uh continued tearing at saint james limp body with his teeth until caruthers that that boy with the gun uh, caught up to him and shot him once in the chest, ending the attack. Um, St. James laying face down, felt the lifeless animal fall onto his back. When the paramedics arrived, St. James was still conscious somehow. Um, his fa oh, face, shoot me. Yeah. Uh, his face and body somehow were mutilated beyond recognition where his mouth, lips and nose had been. There was only a bloody hole um, where his right eye had been. There was a pit where his fingers had been. There were only stumps or simply gaps. So St. James. So that was the end of what I just completely just took straight from the article. Uh, St. James was rushed to the hospital and was placed in a medically induced coma and underwent dozens of surgeries for months. Um, and the one time that they had to bring him out of the coma for whatever reason, um, his first thing that he said was, how is Mo? Um, I know. Uh, months after his surgery, St. James was completely dependent on his wife. He would eat, drink, go to the bathroom. He could not eat, drink, or go to the bathroom on his own. His vision was blurry out of his one eye that he had left. And he had a swollen, punctured left foot that the doctors were determined that they would have to remove. Um, and LaDonna only was missing one of her thumbs. So he took the blunt of the attack for he her. saved her. Yeah. Mo was eventually transferred to Jungle Exotics. It was uh, it was a 60 acres sanctuary in San Bernardino Mountains in 2007. Once St. James started to recover to the point that he could sit in a vehicle for an hour or so to drive, uh, they started seeing him again. Uh, they would bring him things to help improve his enclosure and brought equipment in to set up a full-time two-way surveillance camera so that they could like video chat full-time 
Oh. Uh, but in June 2008, before they were able to completely get that all set up, uh, the Davises got a call from the owner of Jungle Exotics, who would then and told them that Mo was missing. So the couple sped to the place, but by the time they got there, his enclosure was like completely cleaned out. There was nothing left that they had brought. Um, a huge search was launched. News and search parties were involved, helicopters. But in July of that year, so just a month later, the search was called off. Mo had broken the welds of his cage and a worker claimed to see Mo jump the perimeter of the fence. Um, and no one has seen him since. Oh, um, and he probably went looking for them. He could have, um, but don't you think like, there's a lot of people that hike over there. So wouldn't someone like if he got lost and like ended up dying for whatever reason, wouldn't someone come across his skeleton by now? Yeah. Um, but this place did work with a lot of movies and loan animals out for big producers. So maybe they sold him. Um, so that's it. That, um, that is the story of Mo Davis. Um, so why did I share this story? Cause it's not really true. Crimey. I mean, so true. Crimey. It was, it works. It works. It works I mean, very good. It's very brutal. It's illegal to own or possess an ape in Court was the state involved. of California. Huh? Court was involved. Yeah. So um, they made the choice to own an exotic animal when they shouldn't have. Um, and so I was at first going to add where he witnessed this, uh, the mother getting taken or the Moe's mother getting uh, poached. Mm -hmm. I added this whole like paragraph of how like he was persuaded to like continue to poach animals for these people. And like, and they like blackmailed him and all this stuff. And like, he ended up having to murder them to get away. And I, I added all of that. And then after I finished the story, I was like, there's so much already. That's so good that I don't need to add a fake part of the story too. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, so that is the story of Mo Davis and St. James. You can look that pictures so up of him. It's sad. crazy. That's heartbreaking. Well, but also like, uh, yes, you shouldn't have wild animals. My mom, my mom was friends with, um, this woman who worked with, um, Gibbons, which are, I think they're like, pretty much orangutans or like chimpanzees yeah chimpanzees and she would talk about like how vicious they can be and how so careful vicious. you have to be when you're working with them and like we would go and see them and like they would be behind cages for a reason but you do not put your fingers in or anything like that but um i changed my answer i picked the gorillas and the rats um <laughs> Oh, after he, hearing that story <laughs> holy crap especially with hearing like how like it took multiple shots to take one down like yeah that's so and how like they do not stop they just continue going but like um it's crazy to think that they did most of that with just their teeth and hands yeah yeah and peeled off the skin of the face Ugh. oh my gosh 
Oh, bit his nose off. Oh, that I don't know why that bothered me so bad. That that bothers me. <laughs> um, but also like it is sad because like it, he was like their kid because they'd had him since he was a baby, and then yeah. like he. I thought you were gonna say that he did it. That he was gonna be the one that was gonna. I mean, obviously, I knew it where it was going, where the story was going. But like, I thought you were gonna right. say that Mo was gonna be the one that did it. But oh, that's so sad no. that Mo just watched his dad. He's just like you. Or not killed. He's like, Daddy, I can't save you. That's that was so sad. Really good. That was Thank a you. good 99th, 99th uh, true crime story. 99 problems and what's with the neighbors ain't one. Yeah. That was very good. <laughs> um, do you have a neighborhood story for me? You betcha. First off, when I was looking for a story earlier, I found a post that said new challenge, make a Facebook mom persona and join a random neighborhood groups. Just post random complaints. <laughs> it reminded <laughs> me of something that you would do. <laughs> I so would do that. <laughs> You'd be like, who's shooting off those fireworks all the way in like Virginia and I'm living in Alaska. Like there's no fireworks. <laughs> like, what are you what? talking about, lady? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't remember if you've ever done this one before. It is from next door and it's titled FBI Surveillance Truck. I love it. Uh, yesterday and today, occasionally when I'm looking at Wi-Fi options in the neighborhood, making sure mine was on, I saw for the first time a Wi-Fi named FBI Surveillance Truck. During all my years in the blank neighborhood, I've never seen this. Anyone else seen it? Can someone oh just use that name or is there actually a van around? Don't. And if so, why? Um, that would also be something that you would do <laughs> is name your Wi-Fi that. FBI I've seen that one truck. before. Have you? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've thought about it, but I felt yeah. like it was too common. Yeah. <laughs> Overdone. So. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to get, we, um, how do we normally yeah. say goodbye? You know, follow us, uh, on all of our social medias at WWTN podcast. Send in your creepy kids stories, uh, to what's with the neighbor or WWTN podcast at gmail.com. And that's just like any stories your kids can either come up with. They can get it from one of those spooky, scary books or goosebumps or, <laughs> They can find something online. Oh my god! They can just tell us something really creepy. <laughs> and here's <laughs> a, here's an yeah, cinnamon. Here's an example right now of what we're kind of expecting or looking for. Once upon a time, there was two. I mean, four little kids. Maybe their name was Sash, Sarah, Lila, Leela. And there is a mom sleeping, and there is thunder and rain outside. And, um, they heard something outside. It was a woof! Owie! <gasps> and there's something in the house under their beds. It was. A ghost. A ghost. 
but it was the cat. It was uh, the cat. <laughs> and there was something under a bed. A monster! <gasps> a real life monster. <gasps> I better check under my bed before I get asleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. <laughs> All right. Um, so have you checked in on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bree and Amy. Amy out. Out. <laughs> Say hi to your cats for us. Oh, don't get dead <laughs> by a chimpanzee. <laughs> and thank you, Robert. Stay yes, Robert. thank you, Robert. Goodbye, Goodbye Robert. Robert. <laughs> okay, bye. How bye, do you-